Hello. Hello. Are we doing it? Yeah, we're on. We're going? It's happening. Uh-oh. Um, so before I even do the intro, I've got like one got to jump in question. Uh, okay, go. Actually, technically now I have two. The first question is, how the hell are you wearing pants when it is this hot? Uh, the real answer is that I don't have shorts that I can wear to work. What? I, I need to go buy shorts. How do you... What? What do you mean, what? How do you not have... Uh, that doesn't compute to me. Did you not have shorts last year? Uh, I kind of went through my last pairs of shorts last year. I feel like there's a whole other story there. But okay, moving on to the second question. I wear out clothes, dude. Moving on to the second question that's, that was supposed to be my first question before we even did the uh-huh. Um Not perspective that I'm asking for. I'm just asking yes or no. Will you take other book recommendations from me in the future? Sure. Okay. That was, that was incredibly lackluster given the all the hype that I was expecting. Um, Dude, I don't know what you were expecting, man. I just... Okay, let's do the intro. And then Did I not it. take book recommendations from you in the past? Let's let's jump to the intro and then I'll explain it. Welcome to South Beta Podcast, one man's journey to untangle the knot that is the climbing community with his co-host, who occasionally knows the answers to his climbing-related questions. That did not flow that time. It I, was a little breathless, which may be because it's been so hot today. No, it was like that was the intention. Was, <laughs> like the intention was to slow it down. I listened to, like, the last episode, which isn't even posted yet, um, on the way over here, and I'm like, I'm flying through this, I should slow it down and make it sound more... The word that's coming to head is lucement, which means slow in French. I don't know why it's coming to me in French, but that's what's, that's the way it came to me. So you want a more refined and elegant slowdown? That was that was beautiful. I, I think, yeah, that was great. You did not achieve that. <laughs> well, well, I'll keep working on it. Um, this one sounded like so, breathless. So you may not remember this, but the last time that we did a, a recording, I recommended that you read the book The Push by Tommy Caldwell. I do remember that you recommended and, it. And you, you know, and you said you'd heard it from me and another podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And I heard it from other people subsequent to you as well. So you were gonna you were gonna consider listening to it, and then you've told me that you did listen to it and that you finished it. And so my question was, like, did I horribly steer you in a terrible direction, and therefore you will never let, take a book review from me seriously again, or will you actually listen to me in the future? I don't understand why you think it's going to be so extreme. Like, Cause you're you an recommended dude. a book, and I listened to it. I was like, oh, all right, it's pretty good. Okay, you're kind of like an extreme dude. Like, you get very, very upset about certain things, and this I can see this being a thing. You recommended this bad thing to me, I'm never taking you seriously again. Ah, <sighs> yeah, I don't know, man. That would have required me to take you seriously in the first place. I guess, I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. So what did you think of the book? I liked it. Okay, any any other thoughts than just liked it? Anything strike you as important and relevant that we didn't delve on last time? Not no. that you can remember last time because I haven't posted it yet. Uh, no, not really. Like, uh, it was a good book. It tells a a very interesting series of stories. Um, it's kind of, uh, it's interesting to, I think the interesting thing to me was to, um, 
sort of get that inside perspective on, uh, you know, like what was it like for Tommy and Beth being together when they were doing like super amazing things. And it was actually, you know, I only knew it at the time from the perspective of the accomplishments and I did not know about the, uh, the inner strife, uh, in the relationship. And so to me, that was, that was really, uh, interesting. Uh, there was a lot of interesting stuff about Tommy, but like you kind of assume that anyone who is, you know, if you delve into the personality of anyone who's a, uh, an extraordinary athlete who's performing at a super high level and accomplishing things that no one's ever done before, that you're going to find uh, very interesting things about them. Because by the very nature of the person, they are, there's something interesting about them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to accomplish this stuff. They are an outlier as, uh, is it Malcolm Gladwell? It is a Malcolm Gladwell book. Yeah, yeah. Outliers, great book. Highly recommend as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the thing is, like, I was on the drive up here, and I'm like, I highly recommend a lot of things because I find I'm very passionate about it. And, like, am I actually really, like, is this really a highly recommend or a recommend? And I'm going to try and be better about saying what is a recommend versus what is a highly recommend. So I'm going to say I recommend Outliers, not highly recommend it. Okay. I highly recommend Blink. Okay. What's your feeling on the push? I'm going to go to recommend. I'm not going to go to highly recommend. I'm going to go to recommend. It's not a. It's not what you expect getting into it. So if you have an expectation, I feel like it's slightly different than that. Well, it's interesting. Why? Why did you feel that way? I thought I was going to find out a lot more about climbing and, and methodologies and and hear more about the process. And I heard a lot less about that. I have a ton of questions still about like how that is done. And it's a lot more about like I said in, in the last episode. It's a lot more about the inner thoughts, the inner dialogue. Because there is a lot. I mean, in climbing, there's a lot of resting. There's a lot of time for thinking. And so this was this was more about that, and I thought it was very interesting. Um, I don't know if I'd go. I don't know if I'd go highly recommend. I want to be careful with my highly recommends. Well, that's interesting that you that you had that expectation going in. I'm like very curious because why why did you think that that would be a part of it? Did you like what what going into it led you to believe that you were going to get like? literal like climbing technique methodology stuff like did you think he was going to describe the moves on the great roof pitch like move by move or either something along those lines or something along the lines of like this is how many days a week I train this is what I do per day this is what my and he talked a little bit about some of that stuff but it wasn't very descriptive well because that stuff is really interesting to me that stuff is because it not so much as I can like everybody's body is different and I can't necessarily imitate his style mm-hmm. or his ability or his his thing but I, I can look at that as another data point when figuring out what I should what I could be doing yeah I don't know I mean like I don't think that there was any indication going into it that that was going to be that kind of book like you know very few of these books that people come out with are like training diaries or anything like that like that's it's a different kind of book and it just generally isn't what you get have you read Honnold's no what's above something or other uh, I think it's alone on the wall alone on the wall I've read that one as well and that one had a little bit more detail about the technical accomplishments and what the feats were 
the push did not have as much of that, in my opinion. It was there was a lot more to it. I thought it was. I think I think it would have been a poorer book for it. Like I think that stuff was all is all kind of like unnecessary fluff. Uh, and I thought the push had just the right amount of uh, talking about what the actual climbs were that he did versus, you know, the actual, you know, like what well, what is the person that's doing all these things. I hear you, but there's like there's categories. There's like recommend against, like kind of don't recommend, indifferent, recommend and highly recommend. And I'm giving it a, like a four out of five, which is still pretty good. I'm just not going to go with the highly because I'm going to save the highly for more important stuff. Do you have any climbing books that you would highly recommend? No, but I do have a couple of adventure books that I that fit into that same category. So like the last season, I think I would put in the highly recommend category. Hmm. Okay. I really like the last season. If you do not like, uh, what's the guy's name? The guy that everybody... Crack Hour. Yeah. If, if you do not like Crack Hour... Uh, the last season has a Crack Hour-esque feeling to it. I have mixed feelings about Crack Hour stuff. Um, <clears throat> I really liked Into the Wild when the first time I heard it. I've listened to it several other times, and it's kind of come down on me. Eric, come down for me. I also really liked uh, um, the... What was the one about Everest? Into Thin Air. Into Thin Air, the first time I heard it. But then I found out that I was listening to an abridged version. Uh-huh. And, like, that really has upset me that I can't find the unabridged version. I want to know what the unabridged... What do they cut out? What do they feel like I didn't need to know? Yeah. And that bothers me, like, on an emotional level. So, like, I, I can't recommend that book until I've, you know, either read or heard the unabridged version. Yeah. So. But the last season, I they didn't have an audio copy, so I had to, like, read it, read it, and it was really good. Okay. So that one, that would be one that I, I highly recommend. Yeah, that one has always kind of piqued my interest a little bit. I've never picked it up yet. You should. It's great. Uh, it gets the highly for me. Uh, okay, so let's describe. We're uh, we're at PG Belmont. Yep. Um, they're they're cleaning the floors. So the floors are gonna be super clean tomorrow. Yeah, thank goodness it's time. Okay. Well, I'm happy. Uh, this won't get out for a couple of weeks, probably, because that's how long it takes me to put it. But they'll still be cleaner than they are now. Yeah, definitely. They better be. They better be? Okay. Mm-hmm. You're wearing a Namaste t-shirt. Uh, I'm wearing one of the many free t-shirts that I own. It says Namaste, which I think is you know good, except for the fact that you're wearing pants and it's like 100 degrees outside. I'm wearing Patagonia pants. I know. I need so to... I'm so I'm cooler than you in your shorts. Yeah, these are actually J. Crew shorts. I, I didn't want to waste a pair of Patagonia shorts on today. I do have a couple of pair of Patagonia shorts. I am sure you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are the Venga. Yeah, I'm wearing the Venga rock pants. Yeah, I like them a lot. I was looking at them. I need to get the right color. For me, like the the colors that they have in the store are boring. It's like a gray and a and a black, and I'm like, yeah. I want, like, green or red or blue, something that pops. They have, like, a forest green with lime green pinstripes. I haven't seen that. I might go for that. I haven't seen it. If they have it, I would I would consider it. But anyways, um, so we're super, and we're here recording, and I didn't do a ton of preparation, so this is going to be the catch-up episode. We're catching up. But the other part that I'm looking at and I'm noticing is you have, seem to have a bunch of scars over your forearms. What? Yeah, other side. Yeah, there. Huh? And there. Oh. 
Yeah, I do have, you have a few. You have a bunch of scars over your forearms. Scabs, they're not scars. Okay, scabs. Where have you uh, acquired wh- them? Where have you acquired these these battle wounds? Well, the the big one is from the gym. So I was like bouldering, and I was trying to make this move where my hand goes from around the left side of the arete, and I grab something over the lip of a roof, and so. I got my left hip in close to the wall and tried to keep myself up tight to the wall while I made the move so I didn't fall away too much, and uh, I just rammed my forearm through another hold. (laughs) That was apparently sharp enough to cut you. It didn't cut me. So that just happened? Well, it just, uh, you know, it was one of those things that happens where you just, like, you remove a layer, a nice layer of skin... And it never really bleeds. Really? And but it's, it, like, scabbed over. Yeah, that's what happens. Does this not happen to you? Uh, not not frequently, no. Like, if you, like, uh, lose some skin... I tend to bleed. It doesn't necessarily have to bleed, um, but it, uh, after a while, it kind of, like, scabs up. Okay. What about the other ones? Uh, I think I just got scraped by some sticks outside this past week. While okay. I was going up and down. Where'd you go? Uh, I went and climbed Mount Russell in the Southern Sierra. Mount Russell. Okay. Uh-huh. It's uh, right next to Mount Whitney. Okay. Overshadowed by its 500 foot or 400 foot taller neighbor. So it's still like, it's like 13,009? It's over 14. Oh, it's a 14er? Yeah. Okay. It was... Uh, I had two 14ers left, and that's that's one of them. So now I just have one of the California 14ers to go. How many California 14ers are there? Fifteen. There are 15 14ers? Yes. That's a mouthful. Only if you make it one. What's the last one? Shasta. I'll do that one with you. Oh, yeah? When? Uh, not next weekend. <laughs> so next year? Are we not, is next weekend the last weekend to do it? I mean, aren't you leaving for the summer? I'm leaving for July. I'll be. That's another topic to talk about in the catch-up. Leaving for July, I'll be back in August. Okay, I mean, we could talk about it in August. Is it to get too cold by September? No, it's more about all the snow melting off of it and making the roots less fun. Got it, you want to go when there's snow. Yeah, because uh, it's a Cascade Volcano, um, which is basically everything north of Tahoe, essentially. So the Sierras kind of end in Tahoe. Okay. Like around Lake Tahoe. And then as you move north from there, you move into the Cascades. And the Cascades are a long chain of volcanoes. Oh, really? And so the big ones are all volcanoes. Um, Rainier, Shasta, Mount St. Helens, Mount Hood. They're all big, glaciated volcanoes. Dormant volcanoes. Uh, yes. I mean, sh- Mount St. Helens blew up in our lifetime, so. I don't remember when that was. I was on the other coast. Me too. It was huge news, man. What was it? Mountain like? goats were vaporized, I people think, died. I think you're a little older than me. Was it, like, in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, I was, like, I got out of the 80s at age 7. Yeah, so you were alive for most of the 80s. I was alive for most of the 80s. I'm not sure I was paying attention to national news at that point. All right. I feel like it was 89, right? I don't know. We can look it up. Okay. We're not looking it up. 
In any case. I should have known that, that it's called the Cascade Range, but okay. Go ahead. So the Cascades are all these, like, glaciated volcanoes, and they're sort of so much more immense looking than the Sierra Mountains. Okay. You look at a mountain in the Sierra, and it's just like, it's this long fence of mountains where every single one is above 12,000 feet and the passes are at 10,000 feet, you know, like Mm -hmm. just tons and tons of peaks and there's lots of them. Um, whereas Shasta is like literally, you know, 10,000 feet taller than the surrounding. Yeah. No, I, so I've seen Shasta and I've seen how crazy it looks compared to like everything else. It's like flat and then wham, um, which is, you know, exciting. And old volcanoes are mostly composed of ash and cinder and crumbly rock. And so it's really much nicer to climb up a glacier in your crampons with an ice axe than it is to try to scramble up decomposing rock and sand and ash. How much ice experience do I need to have in order to be able to do this? Because I think I may need to bail. Uh, I went from saying I'm in to to bailing pretty quickly, but how much... I have no... Ice experience. Well, like, a, there's the standard route, the easiest route, or at least most popular route is Avalanche Gulch, uh, which is really, I mean, when the snow conditions are good, it's, uh, it's just, you're just, like, kind of hiking in snow. It's just, like, some okay. steep snow at times. Uh, I mean, you're gaining a lot of elevation, so it's, like, steep, but, like, you know, especially at this time of year, there hasn't been much snow recently. Um, everything's probably pretty solidified. So you're probably just walking in someone else's boot tracks the whole way. Um, and there'll be like boot prints. It'll look, it'll be, it'll look like stairs essentially. But do you use ice axes? No, you bring an ice axe for self arrest. In case you fall. Yeah. So I, I can understand the theory behind that. You stick the end in and hold on. But Not I, exactly. No. But I don't know any of the knowledge. Like, I guess I can read Freedom of the Hills, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's not hard to to practice self-arrest and to learn how it works. Um, it's it's relatively simple. Um, the big thing is that you need to be able to um, identify avalanche danger. Um, but you can do a lot of that by, like, consulting people, you know, like, the information. So, like, at this time, like, the, the avalanche center for Shasta is, is closed for the season. They're like, yeah, it's not really... There's not really any concern. Not really any more concern about avalanches. So this I mean, there could be. Freak weather could happen. But okay. for the most part, um, the snow... There's no real additional snow falling. And, like, the snow that's there is compact and solid and has gone through some freeze-thaw cycles. Who did you do the last one with? What one? The one that you just did. Russell? Yeah. Uh, by myself. Really? Yeah. Is that dangerous? I mean... Define dangerous. Free soloing is like a 10. Free free soloing free rider is like a 10. Okay. Uh, climbing a bouldering problem is like a 1. Go. Uh, there's, there's boulder problems and there's boulder problems. Climbing, uh, climbing anything that I can climb, like a V0 through V1 or V2, is a 1. It's so not specific enough. Um... Climbing a non-overhanging bouldering problem in the gym. Is that more specific? Well, I mean, this is all, like, all your references are rock climbing, like, 
I camped in below freezing temperatures with no one nearby, but I was less than four hours from my car. Um, there were times where if I had, you know, dramatically slipped and fell, I could have fallen to my death. There were times where if I had lost control, I could have slid down to my death, but it, it, it was unlikely. I just said and, that, and I would not have roped up with anyone at any point. So if someone had been with me, it would have been no different. Okay. So I just want to say that when I imagine you dramatically falling, I'm imagining like a ballet or not a, sorry, not a ballet, a ballet, like ballet, a ballet, like, you know, the dancing, uh-huh. like a dancing ballet move on crampons with a twist and a fall. Like that's the dramatically that I'm envisioning. Yeah. That's pretty much what I would have had to do to fall off the side of the mountain. Okay. So the likelihood of that is probably small. Yeah. I mean, for me, it felt, I mean, like, based on your scale, it's that it felt like a two or a three. Gotcha. So the thing that I want to say is, this is completely unrelated. Well, it's not completely unrelated. It is sort of related, but very, very um, tangentially. I, I managed to pick up a Fitzroy down parka last week last season on sale with a coupon and got a steal of a lifetime. How is this tangentially related? Because of freezing temperatures, sleeping in freezing temperatures, this this jacket would have helped me. Oh. That's uh, how that's how you that's wear a sleep you you get in your sleeping bag, man. You generally don't wear your down jacket in your sleeping bag. You can though. You can, yeah. And the Patagonia sleeping bags, they're designed to allow you to. Are they? According to the guys. Okay. They also have a foot box, which looks really comfortable, but I already have sleeping bags, so I can't buy another one. What do you mean they have a foot box? They have, like, a special cutout section of the foot, so, like, you know how when you sleep, your feet, like, you're in the thing, and they just get shoved into the little toe thing, like, into a, a point at the end? They have like a like a little box that's designed for your feet, so that your feet can like just you know sleeping. You got like a little bit of extra room for the foot, and the ankle bend. That's like every modern sleeping bag, dude. Okay, well mine don't have that. Okay. So maybe mine aren't modern. I bought them three years ago. They still feel pretty modern, except for that freaking toe thing. The toe thing would be nice. If you always sleep on your back. I don't. I sleep on my stomach all the time. Yeah, so then that toe box thing is just going to be open space above your ankles. I feel like it might be good. I don't know. We'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to find a way to borrow one without you know buying one so I can test it out. Maybe they'll let me hop, on, hop in one at the stores. Yeah. Speaking of Patagonia stores. Oh, God. Uh, I have this road trip coming up. It's on my list of things to talk to you about. Um, so I'm, I am, I'm going from here to San Diego for acro yoga for for three days. What? Okay. Because it's awesome. And then I'm going from San Diego to Dillon, Montana, to visit a Patagonia store. And then I'm going to go visit Glacier. Okay. And then I'm going to... hope that you're not just going to go to a Patagonia store in Montana. I mean, I also want to see Glacier. I really want to see Glacier. I also happen to have some friends who are up in Banff, so I might also go to Banff as well. Okay. So there's, like, a whole bunch of stuff up that way. It's not just, like, just Patagonia Store. 
And then, thank goodness. And then I'm going, but then I'm going across to go to St. Paul, which there's another Patagonia store, and then my cousin lives in Minneapolis, which is right across. So I'm going to go hang out with my cousin. Yeah. And then I'm heading to your uh, stomping ground, driving all the way out to Rhode Island, uh-huh. where I have a boat rented like every day, starting July 10th through July 29th. And I'm like ridiculously excited about it. I'm going to buy a, a little scooter and like scoot around the Newport all summer long. Are you working? No. <laughs> I'm taking a month off. Interesting. I'm, work- I'm working on my own stuff. All right. Taking a month off. Uh, my company has a really great program that gives you a sabbatical where you can take like unpaid leave but keep your health insurance, which is exactly what I want. Fair enough. And and it's it's absolutely perfect. I'm really excited. So I get three weeks of that and I'm taking a week of uh, time off, so it's like a full month. I am working July 31st. So this leads me to the question. Multiple things. Multiple questions. One, did you ever do any climbing or rock climbing while you lived or visited the East Coast? Yes. Is there any place to climb in Rhode Island that you know of? There's bouldering in Lincoln Woods. Is there any... Granite boulders in a semi-urban park setting. Is there any... Are there any gyms that you know of? There are gyms, but apparently the one that I had been to is no longer under the same management. Is that... You're saying, like, it could be bad? I don't know. Okay. Where, what town was that in? It was in Lincoln, I think. Lincoln is where? I know where Warwick is. I know where North Kingston is. I know where Newport is. I know where Jamestown is. Lincoln is I know like, where Providence is. Lincoln is uh, sort of northwest from Providence by oh, about wow. five miles. So it's like at that point I should just go to Boston and you know, climb at Brooklyn Boulders. Uh, I mean, it's like five times as far to go to Boston. Okay. Well, anyways, that will be a that will be an adventure. Um, I'm debating what to bring. I think I'm bringing like two pairs of shoes, a harness, a Grigory, and my chalk. And then if I need to buy a rope, I'll buy a rope out there. Sounds good to me, man. That's my current plan. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much climbing I'm going to get in, but I'm excited about getting in some climbing. I'll probably end up buying a um, some form of a training board, so I can keep my finger strength up. Mm. What? What are you? You're looking at me like. I was like, I don't think hangboarding is the way to go, but. I need to do something to keep my fingers together. Just find some time to climb, man. Okay. Um. You got three are, weeks off. Are there four? Are there any? Are there any? Uh, just do pull-ups. I might just do pull-ups. Are there any gyms along the way or on, along the northern route that you you said you've climbed at a lot of other gyms? Anybody you'd recommend checking out? Nope. Okay. It was very, very direct answer. Uh, let's see. Here's a question. I'm not sure if you can answer, but I'm going to ask. <laughs> okay. Feel feel free to not an, not answer this. Uh. I missed it last year, and I want to get I want to get my you know my foot in the door and get ready for it. Do you know when Battle of the Bolts is, and can you tell me? Do I know when it is, and can I tell you? Those are the two questions. Uh, October. But you okay? So I I have a little bit of time. Yes. I'm very excited about this. I'm gonna plan it so I can stay up all night and climb. Sounds good. It's very very exciting. Um. Okay. Next question. 
where can you climb if it's this freaking hot in the bay? Uh, Tahoe's a little nicer. Uh, areas in the Sierra. Is there anything up by Shasta? Uh, there is, but it's kind of hot up there, man. It's hot up there, too. Yeah. This is just... It would Why be, would you think it was not? I don't know. I just... I don't function well at this level of heat. Oh, neither do I. Like, I was, I was at the gym today, and I, like, I got on this 11, like, this super easy 11A, and I just... I got up there, and I'm like, I just don't want to do this. I just don't want to do this. And then I did end up doing a 10A and wrecked my Apple Watch. Why were you wearing a watch while climbing? Uh, well, one, I believe that my... I shouldn't baby my crap. I believe that I should, like, treat it tough. Two... I have AppleCare Plus, so I should be able to get it replaced for like 50 bucks. And three, I want to upgrade to the new watch that doesn't do this. Okay, well, none of those are reasons to wear the watch while climbing. It keeps track of your heart rate and your stuff, so like you get fitness points. I would not get fitness points if I didn't wear the Apple Watch. Do you need points? In yeah, order in order to, to feel validated by a day, yes. That's a very easy answer. You, you should not. Uh, you tell you yes. Should be validated by how you feel and not by the points that your electronic device gives you. Yeah. Well, I did have a fun time though climbing with it, and I did smash it. But that's okay. Things happen, and then you move on. Um. I think rings, rings and watches are a bad idea for climbing. Rings are a horrible idea. I would never wear a ring and climb. Let's be clear about that. I would never wear a ring and climb. Yeah. A watch, a little bit less concerned about it, especially at the gym. Like, if I'm crack climbing, maybe I'll take it off, or I'll probably take it off from crack climbing. But at the gym, like, if I'm face climbing, I'm not going to be super worried about a watch. If it's an expensive watch, sure. I wouldn't wear it, but, you know, that's your call. Do you feel like it messes with your mojo? No, I feel like if I fell and it got caught on something, it would rip my arm off. Well, that's a new thing I hadn't thought about. Yeah. That's why I recommend not wearing your watch while you're climbing. What about t-shirts? Do you not wear a t-shirt while climbing? Because a t-shirt could get caught and it could rip your neck off. You think your t-shirt would be able to hold you up? Depends upon the type of t-shirt. Mine's Patagonia, so maybe. I don't think so. Well, we could test this. (laughs) But I don't think it would be safe. (laughs) Um... Anything else you really want to go over? I have a couple more topics, but anything else you want to go over? <laughs> no, not in particular. <laughs> it's a very odd juncture to ask me that. Well, I, you know, you send me a text, you're like, I want to talk about this, this, and the other thing, and I think, I think we've talked about all of those things. Sure. The, la- the last thing I want to talk about is wakeboarding. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I hear that you're going to go wakeboarding. I'm going to go to the cable park, which is not really wakeboarding, but... It is wakeboarding. There's a wakeboard and you... There's wake. That's true. Is there a wake, though? I was wakeboarding through wake. It was windy, but I was wakeboarding through wake. How? The guy in front of me was causing wake, and then you, like, you know... <laughs> the guy in front of you was not causing an actual, like, wake like you get from a boat. Definitely not from a boat, and you can't, like, do flips off of it. But there are jumps and stuff that you can do flips off of. Sure, and, and I tell you, it did you do flips? I couldn't even get around the turns. <laughs> like I'm just so we're clear. Like my level of wakeboarding was not very good yesterday. Okay, but I did go and I did have a blast, and um, I found that you may be going, and so I may somehow magically show up that day. 
I haven't decided yet because I do have a lot of planning to do for the trip. But it was so much fun. So much fun. I Were like, you on the big cable or the little one? I started on the little one and that was too easy. So then I went to the big cable. You said you couldn't get around the turns. Could you get around the turns on the little one? No. They didn't do. They, they just sort of send you down and then you do a water start on the way back. Oh, really? Yeah, it was super easy. It was like not even, not even a thing. Uh-huh. The little cable was too easy. Need to go to the big cable. Need to be able to get the big cable. By the time I really got over the big cable and could figure out how to get a start and like get off the ground, like get uh-huh. off the start, the speed had got, started to go faster and I was having trouble making the turns. Uh-huh. So maybe if I get there during beginner time, next time I'll be able to make the turns a couple of times before they speed up the cable and that may make my life a little bit easier. Alright. But it was a lot of fun. I am it, I am jealous of you in so much as I have not committed to going. And I think you're going, and I think you're going to have a blast. Yeah. Uh, Tim's been trying to get me to go for a while, and so I'm pretty excited to go. So this is the best part about it. So um, I know this is we're like way a foot of, of climbing, but it's hot, and you climbing is hard, so maybe you go swimming. And so that's how this, this has devolved into this podcast. But um, I was talking to Tim about it last week, and uh, I said, maybe I'll go. And then Tim texted me after I'd gone to bed on Friday night when I was, like, super exhausted. I wake up at, like, 7.30, and I see that he had to te- text me at 10.30, and I was like, so you coming? And I was, and so I texted him. I'm like, you know, I, I'm like, I'm sorry. I think I'm going to pass this time. And he goes, he says one word to me, flake. <laughs> and my response is, okay, I'm thinking about it. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> I'll be there around 10.30. <laughs> he, like, he hit the nerve. Like, it's just, it's that easy. All you got to do is imply that I'm letting someone down. And if there's a way that I could not do that, I will, I will find a way to make it happen. Uh, all right. So that worked out very well. And then I ended up showing up and I had a blast. And Tim was like, thank you for coming. Although when I did get there, he told me I had to like volunteer from like nine to 10 and then he'd be able to like ride with me from 10 to 12 or whatever. Turns out he was like volunteering from like nine to like 1230. <laughs> so I ended up getting there and like, hang on. And he like, he was very like apologetic about it. And was like... I thought I was only volunteering to 10, but now I'm volunteering to 12, and then we're doing a lunch, and so, like, we'll see you after, and, like, you stay around, I'll buy your pass. I'm like, you don't need to buy my pass, Tim. I'm, I'm good. Let's just let's just go riding. We went riding, and, we, and there was a lot of wind, and so he, he had trouble riding, and I had trouble riding. It was still a lot of fun. I, I like, falling was fun. Falling is comically hilarious. Yeah. I'm uh, bringing a, a camera next week, so I'm going to, you know, if I show up, I'm, I'm taking pictures and video. Okay. Um, the first time I ever did any wakeboarding, uh, was, uh, at, on this island in French Polynesia, on this, like, little, in the lagoon. It was, like, just a little boat. And the water must have been, like, crystal clear and beautiful. It was, yeah. Um, but, uh, I, the, they had this, like, tow rope that was this, like, yellow, like, your old yellow nylon plastic rope. That's what these ropes are. Is it really? Okay, because that's what this was. And uh, everyone was like, yeah, you got to put your weight on your back foot. Put your weight on your back foot. Put your weight on your back foot. And I'm like, all right. And, like, I'm – I got some core tension, and I'm a strong guy. And so I put all my weight on my back foot, and I broke the rope. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And they're like – no, no, it's like 60-40. I'm like, you said put my weight on my back foot, so, so that's did, what I did. Did you end the session, or did they, like, tie a knot and do it again? Or uh, we, I, we did it again. So I, I got to get up and go. 
But everyone had been telling me, like, oh, you put your weight on your back foot. I'm like, I didn't know you meant some. <laughs> yeah. You want to lean back. You want to keep the toe edge up. Like, you, like that's the start. And it's it. So, for me, the way the course is set up, because I ride regular, uh, the course is set up just, like, in a, in a kind of hard way for the turns. The turns are, like, a little bit better off if you ride goofy. Which is odd, because goofy is normally the abnormal thing, right? So, you'd think that they'd set it up for regular, but they didn't. Okay. I don't know. Which way is goofy? Uh, goofy is with your right foot forward. Oh, see, that's how I would do it. So you're going to be fine. For me, you're, the start may be more challenging for you, but once you get out of the start, you're going to be fine. For me, the start is a little bit easier, but the rest of the course is really hard. All right. But I'm going to get better. Okay. I'm excited. Some of my coworkers were thinking about going, so... Tim is actually very excited that you're going. He's like, I'm really excited to, to catch up with Evan. We never get, I never get to see him anymore. I don't get to talk to him anymore. We don't get to banter about how terrible you are anymore. Yeah. So he's like, he's really, he's excited, and I'm excited for you guys. I'm just jealous that I'm not in the car. Well, are we riding up together? We may not be. Oh, I thought you were. Uh, we had talked about it. I think Tim was really looking forward to that. You should definitely ride up together if possible. Although he does leave ridiculously early in the morning. Yeah, I'm okay with leaving early in the morning. It's more along the lines of, like, whether or not... I might try to, like, go out and climb on Friday somewhere in Tahoe and then meet him in Sacramento. Oh, really? On Saturday morning. What do you think about climbing Tahoe? I don't know. Lover's Leap? No. Big Bear? <laughs> no. What else is in Tahoe? There's lots of other stuff in Tahoe. That's all I know in Tahoe. Okay. <laughs> that's That's the extent of my Tahoe knowledge. The good news is, is, like, this week is looking a little bit cooler. So it looks like it's going to be cool until Thursday. Thursday's going to be ridiculously hot again. And then... Friday, Friday, back to normal Back next to normal week. Friday, Saturday. I did see that. I was, like... I had seen, like, forecasts that were for, like, low 90s the whole week. Yeah. And then uh, the forecast I saw recently was, like, just, like, hell hot today. And then, like, 80s until Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, okay, another topic that's coming up, again, completely unrelated to climbing. Guys, for those of you listening who are like, why are you not talking about climbing? Trust me, we've got a climbing-related podcast coming up. We're going to post this one pretty close to the next one. I'm sorry if you expected more climbing-related crap in this one, which I'm sure you did because that's our podcast thing. But today we're talking about random crap. Today's the catch-up episode. Haven't seen Evan in a little bit. I'm preparing for my road trip. Oh, Actually, this is... There a, could be climbing-related stuff in there, but actually, you're, you're I, choosing the, the non-climbing. Well, there is... There, I do have another non-climbing question, but I do have a climbing-related question. Okay. So, Adriel's got me working on this project, which is... Have you climbed in, in Sunnyvale recently? On ropes? Yes. No. Okay. So, there's a lead, super easy, uh, 511AB, which is like a 10C at the hardest. Okay. And it goes up the constant wall. But it's sure. A, and it's a jug haul up the constant wall. And um, it's my project. I've been working on it. But it's like it's sharp. It's like definitely getting my hands. But I've been climbing it a lot. And, uh, you know, Adriel pretty much has me doing it. Like, he says, if you, you should do it three times every time you come in. Like, every time you climb, every time you lead, you should do it three times. And I'm just like, I'm getting so burnt out on this project. And I'm wondering, like, how do I do? How do I find a way to kind of all make progress? By the way, I'm really close. I'm like a move and a half away from finishing. And then Adrian tells me that once I finish, I still have to do it three times, three times a time that I go in. 
But I'm, I'm like a half, I'm moving a halfway from finishing. But I kind of like want to climb other stuff. Uh huh. How do you how do you like combat that in your brain? Like, am I is my brain built wrong? Do I need to fight my my internal desire to climb other things, or do I? No, I I mean I think. You know, it's tough because I'm definitely uh, someone who likes to climb new stuff and I don't like to just throw myself at the same thing over and over, especially when I'm not enjoying it the same. But, you know, I think if you you really set that as your thing, like, I have to climb this before I move on to other things, that'll, like, you know, you can just take your desire to climb other things and use that to fuel your your efforts. Your push, yeah. Yeah. I'm working on it. I'm close. I'm moving a half away from the top. There's just this one little tricky move where I have to get over the top and, like, you know, and then just finish. So close. Um, but I just wasn't there on. I, saw, I, do you, I mean, does it, you feel like that strategy is working for you? In that, like, Adriel being like, you got to climb this three times every time you come because... Yeah, actually I do. Like, I, I get the third... The, the other week, like, the third time I got to her, I'm like, I really don't want to climb this. I really don't want to climb this. And I went over to Adriel I said, because he was sitting, I was like... Do you mind? I really don't want to climb this. I want to climb anything else. I don't want to climb this. Like, nope. You climbed it twice. You should climb it at least three times. Go up and climb it again. You can go to the third bolt and finish it from there. But you're going to climb it again. And so I did the third bolt. I can go from the third bolt to the top, no problem. Uh, I have not tried from the second bolt. But I can get... There are eight bolts in the thing. Like, the top is eight. I can get to seven, and I can get a move above seven. And there's one more move, and I just... Like, I honestly just need to go... Like, it's there's just bad hands. I just need to go for it. And I get there and I just freeze and it's like, oh, like I just need to go for it and then I'll be over it. Yeah. Like I just need to be comfortable, more comfortable, I guess, falling from that position. You do, but also you need that drive. I'm going to, I really, I really wanted it last Thursday, but I like, I didn't get a good night. Like I went home to get a good night's sleep and then got sick from like the food that I ate the day. And so like ended up getting, instead of like eight hours, the seven and a half hours that I had planned, ended up getting like four and a half. And so that really messed with my mojo. I was unable to, to kind of. So that's my current project. How's your project going? What project? The project. Oh, climbing every route in the gym. Yeah. Achieved? No, no. They um. They keep setting. They keep setting. Yeah, we keep putting up new problems, and uh, they uh, they reset our lead cave area. So there's a bunch of like hard climbs up. That I have to try and pick off before uh, they said new ones. Yeah, we'll see. And you I, can do it. I believe in you. Yeah. Has anything so. taken you more than three tries at this point? Uh, no, nothing so far. But I also like there's a bunch of stuff I haven't. I like there's three climbs that I got on once and did not send. So we'll see if I can do those second go. Did you make it through all the easy... Because the last time we were here, I was working with you on 11s. Did you make it through all the 10s? No, I didn't even finish the 11s. Oh, really? I was I went on vacation for a week, so... Oh, I didn't realize you were on a vacation for a week. I knew that you'd done some stuff, but I didn't realize it was a whole week of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's when I climbed Russell. It was a week? Well, it didn't take me a week to climb Russell, but, like, I drove out to the east side of the Sierra and got my permit and did some acclimatization and... See, that's smart. You did the acclimatization. Yeah. All right. Do not wait for me to do what's it called Shasta this year. I was not planning to. Okay, because there's a there's a very good chance that I will not be able to take another week off after I take a giant month off in the middle of the summer. Fair enough. 
I'm like really excited about this, but I also have a crap ton of work that I'm gonna need to do when I get back. So I'm already I'm already like getting set for that. <laughs> yeah. I was planning for that too when I took my week off. Did you have a crap ton of work? Fair enough. Fair bit. And then uh I did um against against advice from my superior, um, I checked my email a few times while I was out. Who is your superior? Stephanie. That makes sense. Yeah. She definitely appears superior to you in my mind. She's superior to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I'm not saying I'm... She's definitely superior to me. I get that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Stephanie, I'm intimidated. It's okay. I don't even know who you are, really, but I'm intimidated. Oh, you should be. Yeah. You should be. Everybody keeps on telling me that, like, she's super nice, but she's also really intimidating. And I'm, like, just... I'm, like, terrified of her. Oh, she's not intimidating at all. I think I'm less and afraid... And she's very nice. I think I'm less afraid of her... It's her husband, right? I think I'm less afraid of her husband than I am of her. Uh, sure. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay, leads me to another question that I have for you that is not climbing related. Go ahead. So, uh, we have decided that I'm going to go out and buy you dinner. Or go out and get you dinner. Oh, right. Because I can't leave. Because you can't leave. Because they're cleaning the floors. Yeah. What do you want from Jersey Joe's? I mean, I will go with whatever you highly recommend. Oh, God. What type of cheese do you like on your cheesesteak? Pepper Jack. Okay. And do you want hot peppers and sweet peppers or just one or the other? Wait. What kind of peppers peppers are we talking about? When you say hot peppers, are we talking uh, pickled pepperoncini? Something. something. Because then no. I don't I don't know what they are. I know that you get hot or you can get sweet peppers at the at the place. It's like a Philly thing. I just get I don't even do the peppers. I do I do a cheese with onions. Like that's my thing. I will probably get sweet peppers this time through. Okay, I'll just get what you're getting, man. Do you want the the meal with the fries or do you not want fries? Uh hit me with the fries. You getting fries. Okay. Are you excited about this? I've been talking about this for probably since Oh yeah. How long have you been working here at this gym? Six months. I've been talking about this for like at least five of those six months. Yes. And I cannot believe that you have not gone and checked it out yet. So I'm really excited about this opportunity. I'm still unclear on where it is. It's like right down the freaking street. You go down. You go past Ralston. It's like... I've been down there, man. Never seen it. Do you know where the Baja Fresh is? No. Do you know where the CVS is? No. Yeah, you haven't gone far enough. You just gotta go down El Camino. There's a there's a Baja Fresh and a CVS, and right in the next shopping center, there's like a place called Jersey Joe's. It's been around. It's an institution. It's been around for forever. Is it? No, but I really <laughs> like. I really like it. They have a pretty decent cheesesteak for this area, and like I know I shouldn't be eating a cheesesteak because it's not healthy for me, but it's worth it. I mean, you know, earn your cheesesteak. I went climbing today. I then drank a cream soda, but I did go climbing today. Okay. It's hot. I needed a cream soda. I didn't really need one, but it was great. It was like, it was, it was just, I savored it. It was, it was epic. Was it? Uh, yeah, dude. Dude, I don't drink cream soda that often. Like, it's, it's like, normally I'm a root beer guy, but every once in a while you get a hankering for a cream soda, and, um... Okay, quick, explain cream soda to me. It's like a, it's a cream soda. It's A and W cream soda. That's what they call it. I think it's vanilla cream is what it is, but it's 
It's like an, it's a thing you can buy at Seven Eleven. It's, it's. I mean, I know what cream soda is. I've had cream sodas. What I don't understand is how you get a cream soda. This is not a. It's not cream. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's vanilla cream. It's like a sweet cream. It's like they put. I don't know. So. It's a soda with the, some it's vanilla tasty to it. It's really tasty and shit tons of sugar. Mm. Trying to get trying to get the explicit warning there, you know. <laughs> shit tons of sugar. Speaking of which, <laughs> are we speaking of the explicit rating or the tons of sugar? Uh, no, I'm speaking of words. <laughs> okay. The heat is really good to me, man. Because <laughs> we turned off the AC <laughs> because it was too loud. So the heat is getting to me and I'm uh, overheating. It's so nice of you to think that that was AC. It felt like it was air. There was yeah. some form of air going on. It was air, yeah. Um, it made it feel less stuff. I mean, we also did kind of close the doors. But um, have you heard of this word? Insorcelled? Uh, I think so. Doesn't that mean under a spell of some kind? Bewitched. Yes. Yeah. I had, like, okay, so this is me being a complete nerd. I listen to a bunch of different podcasts, one of which being West Wing Weekly, which I think I've brought up several times. You have. Um, as one of my favorites. And they were talking about uh, H-172, like, it's, that's the episode. H-Con, you know, it's a, it's a Congress concurrent resolution 172, that's the episode. But in that, this guy, Josh, is, like, you know, trying to talk to this woman, Amy, and he uses the word, I'm in, he goes, I'm bewitched, I'm ensorcelled. And I'm like, I have never heard the word ensorcelled really before this episode, and I am loving it, and I'm going to make a t-shirt that says, I'm ensorcelled. I'll get you one. It'll be yet another free t-shirt. You can wear it like you're wearing your Namaste one. It'll be a little bit more creepy, though, if you wear it to the gym. Yeah, but, like, in general, you're ensorcelled by something. Or ensorcelled by a person. That would be a thing. Something. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm ensorcelled by climbing. I'm ensorcelled by my van. Okay, this is another great thing. I mean, like, you're just leaving it open. I'm ensorcelled. Yeah, but you can say what it is when, you, when people ask you, what does that mean? I mean, I'm ensorcelled by you, and that's, like, a terrible, cheesy love line. Okay, moving on. If only, if only deadpan stares translated well on onto this medium, this you need audio to, medium. You need to work on your deadpan stare. You need a better stare because that stare is not like intimidating or scary or. It's not supposed to be. What's it supposed to be? What's the? It's supposed to communicate that you have been ridiculous once again, and I have no response to it. The 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 ridiculous level that you've conveyed on like well twelve is like or ten is the top. You just conveyed, like, a six. Like, you, you need to work on your ridiculous stare. No, I mean, I think six is appropriate. Okay. As long as you're okay with the like, fact that your deadpan stare conveys a six. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you were a ten, there would be some... There would be a different expression. Yeah. Okay. So, having this conversation with my mom the other week about me coming back home for, for the trip. Right? And okay. my mom's my mom's like I you know I'm trying to figure out when you're traveling because I'm like you know I'm like mom I'm not making plans like this this is about me just being you know doing me for a month like I I spend all my time trying to make sure that I live up to expectations of 
even if they're fictitious and in my brain, living up to expectations of others. Like, like that's my thing. Like, I got to be at work. I got to do these things. Like, and yes, there, I do have long term goals. But like this month, I am free. I am free to do whatever the hell I want to do. If I want to do aqua yoga every day of the week, that's what I'm going to do. If I want to work on handstands, I want to do backflips off a bridge. That's what I'm going to do. Fair enough. And 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 so she's like, okay. Well, I was just trying to figure out. I'm like, nope. This is just time for me and Claire. Claire being my van, Claire Van Gogh. Yes. And and my mom says, my mom just cracks up laughing. I'm like, Mom, what's so funny? She goes, every time I tell any of your family or anybody that we know that you spent, you and Claire are coming across the country, they, they're very excited about the fact that you have a new girlfriend. <laughs> and then I have to explain to them that, no, you don't have a new girlfriend. You've named your van Claire. <laughs> and it is, it is rather entertaining. I mean, I'm just impressed that your mom has bought into it enough that she says that you and Claire are coming across the country. Yes, with relatives. Like, well, well my parents knowing full well that they're they're going to be like, oh, girlfriend. Yes, just having a good time with it. To be fair, all of our cars in our family are usually named. Named. Are they spoken about by name yes. in that way? Yes. My dad talks about his car by by the car's name. I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but my dad talks about his car. Why is your dad's car's name inappropriate for this podcast? I will tell you off air. That's one that we got to save for later. <laughs> I can't I can't I can't say it on the podcast. Is it lewd? No, it is definitely not lewd. It is not lewd, but it is not appropriate for this podcast. Wow. <laughs> now you're you really good. This is a great mystery. Some of the listeners who meet me in person, and there are occasionally one or two, <laughs> will uh, undoubtedly ask me what the answer to this is. I give you permission to tell the ones you trust. <laughs> wow. The imagination runs wild. Hey, listen, if we get a comment... On our like on our blog, asking us what like what the names of the cars are, I'm probably still not going to tell them. But I'll be really excited about the fact that we got a comment. Nah, no one would have listened this far along into the podcast, <laughs> especially this one where it's going nowhere. There's like no organization, no plan, no nothing, There's no direction. The only I bet you, I will bet you right now though, Dan, if you're still listening, I will do 25 push-ups. The next time you, you tell me about this, like if you see if you're still listening, and I will do twenty five push ups, and then twenty five air squats, and I'll buy you a coffee. Well, I already bring you a coffee. I'll buy you a pro bar. <laughs> um, in in this podcast related news, uh, our previous guest Bridget is uh, climbing in Tahoe this weekend, and getting in very very close to sending a five thirteen A project. That's awesome. I know, right? She was doing great at the gym. I saw her the other week. She was coaching me through my project. Yeah. She's uh, she's turned a corner on the lead climbing thing. Yeah, she's doing great. I'm really excited for her. Yeah. What's your... So are you going to... You haven't given up on your project. Your project still stands. Climbing every route in this gym. Uh, I mean, I think... I'm not going to give up on it, but, you know, for me, the focus is definitely going to be trying to send the harder routes. And I think... You know, once again, if I end up sending the harder stuff, I will go through and try to do all the all the easier stuff. But when are you climbing next? Uh, maybe tomorrow. Good, you should go for it. I'll probably text you and say, "Did you go for it?" Go for what, man? I'm trying to. I'm gonna try to climb the new stuff that got put up. 
uh, that's like the harder stuff. And then if I do it, then I will expand my range. But no, you should go for the climb way, tomorrow. Like uh, if you, if I'm going to text you tomorrow, I'll be like, did you climb? And you'll be like, yeah, I climbed. I'll be like, high five. Or you'll be like, no, I did not climb. And I'll be like, boo hoo. Oh, I'm going to climb tomorrow. Good. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't need your uh, peer pressure. Peer pressure or beer pressure. Either one of those, I'm okay supporting. It's applying. Fair enough. I did not bring the van, though, so I don't have the beer in the van. I have... So my van contains Shock Top. Which I will not drink. You don't like Shock Top? No. I like Shock Top. Shock Top, Maker's Mark, Modelo, and Cilantro Vodka. (laughs) What? It's like the worst... Going on in your van. The worst combination of, like, liquor you could ever possibly have in a van. That's what I've got. What to, which Modelo? I, I like Modelo Negra. No, it's not that one. It's the crappy one. Uh, My brother bought it, and I probably should throw it out at this point, because it's been there for a while. I don't like I don't like it. I'm not going to drink it. So unless my brother comes and drinks it with me, I am, I'm not drinking that shit. Just pour some of that cilantro vodka in there, and you're good to go. <laughs> So I've actually, so this is the best part about this. Can I tell you about this? This is, uh, again, yet another tangent. Uh, I have a coworker who is of German descent and has this cilantro soap gene. So cilantro tastes like soap for him, pretty much. He hates the taste of cilantro. And uh, so he went away for a trip, and I have a tendency to mess with people when they go away for a trip. So he went away for a trip, and I covered his desk um, in cilantro stuff. So I got him, like, a cilantro plant. I got him, like, a how-to-cook cilantro book. I got him a couple of cilantro stickers, including one that says, Things I Hate in Life, Cilantro and People, um, which is an awesome sticker that he put right on his laptop. And I also, when he showed up, I'm like, listen, we had this giant release last week, because we did. So we had this giant release last week, and everybody took a shot of this vodka. You know, like, you can't be part of our team unless you take a shot of this vodka. And I had taken the cilantro vodka out of the cilantro vodka bottle. They actually make a cilantro vodka from Absolute, and put it into a regular Absolute bottle. And then made him take a shot out of that. And so he took a shot of that. And then I have never actually tried the cilantro vodka. I just made him do it. I said we already did it. And because the bottle was like partially empty, I planned it out really well. And just got him to do, like be the first person, the only person, to take a shot of cilantro vodka. And what was his reaction? He did not notice that there was cilantro in it. He said it tasted more like lime. And then... Another coworker, like one of his coworkers, also had a thing, and he did another shot. So he's he's done like two shots, and I've done zero. Okay, I mean, it doesn't sound if it just tastes like lime, it doesn't sound too bad. The fact that Absolute makes a cilantro vodka or made a cilantro vodka is pretty funny. I had to travel all over the place to find it, by the way. <laughs> like at the t- at the time that I wanted to buy it, like he was on vacation, I uh, they didn't have it at any of the Bevmos. I think the only Bebmo that had it was up in Chico. And they had it a couple... Like, I called Did a couple... Did you go to Chico? Called a couple of liquor stores in the city. Like, actually, I, like, looked at the liquor stores in the city that said that they had it. Called, like, three or four, and one of them did have a couple of bottles. There's a lot of effort for a lowbrow practical joke. It was awesome to me, and it's still awesome to me. Okay. I have a lot of fun with this. Next time, I'm going to take some actual vodka and dilute cilantro in it. Instead of like making, instead of making other people make it, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make this. You're gonna cilantro infuse on your own. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I think I think I need to like mash it up though, right? You gotta mash it up and then strain it eventually. 
I guess. I don't know. I've never tried to infuse anything into vodka. My roommate once made Skittle vodka. And how did that go? I didn't taste it, but it took a lot of my mason jars. Sounds, uh... Gross. Unnecessary. You, you don't like sugar, though. You're not a sugar guy. What? I like sugar. You're a sugar guy? Sure. Favorite candy, go. Uh... Trader Joe's makes a almond toffee, a dark chocolate-covered almond toffee. That well, shit is legit. Yeah, I told you, man. That shit is legit. That is that is a... Okay. It's a good call. <laughs> I like to... Because they come in those little, like, packets. Yeah. I like to uh, take a little packet uh, with me on climb sometimes. So I've had those on top of Cathedral Peak on a number of occasions. You get to the top, it's like your celebration. Yeah. Do you bring a beer too? No. When you go climb Cathedral Peak, you leave your beer in the creek on the approach. Yeah, yeah. And then when you get back to there, you get your nice, like, creek cold beers. How many pitches is Cathedral Creek? Uh, like five, the way I do it. And what's the rating? Five, six. Is this Yosemite? Yeah. Is this something I could theoretically climb? Yes. All right. I like this plan. We'll bring better beer than my shock top. Yes, we will. If it's in the summer, we got to bring at least a couple of Shandy. You no. probably hate Shandy. I love Shandy. No. At the, wake par- at the wake park, they have a Shandy. And I got to the end of the day, and all I wanted was a Shandy. So I got a Shandy. Lion and Kugel? What? It was just, it was a terrible Shandy. I don't know what Shandy it was, it, it was, but it was a Shandy. Yeah, I don't get it, man. It was only like six ounces, too, because they only give you like the small cup. And it was like four bucks for six ounces, but I don't care. Gross. Yeah, it could be worse. All right, I think uh, I think we've talked about nothing for long enough. Yeah, this was the Seinfeld of South Beta Podcasts. <laughs> Did I tell you about that story? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm unclear on what story you're talking about. So my dad uh, once worked for... So in Seinfeld... Elaine has a crazy boss. Oh, you did tell me this story. I'm going to tell the podcast science. Okay. So you know Elaine's crazy boss, Jay Peterman. He speaks in like crazy languages. He travels all along the world. He's incredibly wordly. Yeah. Uh, Seinfeld, when he was coming up with this stuff, when he did the soup Nazi and all those other things, when he came up with all of these different things, he ended up like, he ended up getting sued by the soup Nazi. And so he ended up having to like check into all these other things that he created. So Jay Peterman, um, he had created based upon a jacket that he'd gotten. Turns out there was a real company. My dad was working for the company, uh, um, and they got to deal with the whole Seinfeld thing, which was, which was pretty interesting. And then I got to meet John Peterman, and I will admit that the my like my child eyes always tend to associate adults with like some movie star that I think that they are. Uh-huh. And Jay Peterman vividly reminded us all three of the kids, vividly reminded us of Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's, so much so that I went up to him and asked him if he was in Weekend at Bernie's. And then I was not convinced when he said no. I was like, yeah, that's what somebody would say if they were trying not to pretend to be Bernie. Cool story, bro. Okay. I'm, I think maybe somebody on our podcast will enjoy it more than you did. All right. What, <laughs> what else you got? Did you like my uh, 2014 burn? <laughs> Is that the cool story, bro? Yeah. All right, uh, there's a podcast I listened to where they used to just play a soundbite of like a computer with doing that voice. 
cool story, bro. Which podcast was that? It's a basketball podcast I used to listen to. Did you play basketball? Huh? Did you play basketball? No. It was an NBA podcast for, like, fans of the sport. Oh, yes. The Warriors are champions. LeBron yes, they went, are. LeBron went down. Uh-huh. I don't like LeBron. Why not? I still have not got... Like, I hold a grudge a little bit too long. Uh-huh. I still haven't gotten over the, the hour-long special when he moved to Miami. The decision? I can never forgive that. Like, there's just... There's no... Like, like I understand that it was his publicist's idea, but you agreed to it. You should never have done that. Stop making it be about you. Start making it be about the game. Respect the sport that you're in. I, I mean, I think LeBron James has a ton of respect for the game of basketball. He's very much... Very cerebral guy, very into basketball history and things like that. Who else had ever done the decision? Well, what does that matter? My point is, like, that was taking away from the game. It was, it was, yeah. adding, it was adding additional pageantry that was unneeded. Uh, I mean, it was basically a big-ass pep rally. It was an hour-long thing that you had to watch to the end to figure out where he was going. He knew where he was going before the thing started. Oh, yeah, I'm it's, thinking of, like, the pep rally that they had afterwards the thing is with the decision is that a like we're we're back now and like very few people remember it that clearly b he was pretty young at the time how old do you know how old lebron james was when the decision went down same age i was because he's the same age i am yeah i mean it was just like how he's been in the finals what seven years in a row now yeah so this was uh seven years ago yeah. So he was 27? Was he even 27? I think he was younger than that. He At at youngest, he was 26. 26, 27. He's 32 now. I think he's my age. I think he's 30, I think he's 34 now. He's 32 now. Okay. And he mentioned his age several times during the playoffs. Okay, so he's about to be 33, so then he was probably 25 or 26. Yeah, so he's pretty young. Um, and uh, I think, you know, when you look at it, you know, someone's like, hey, let's do this. It was probably a bad call. But in the end, like, you know, it's not really that big a deal. I think it's... Like, cool. it was during the off season. It's not like he preempted the NBA Finals to, like, do this thing. It was like, you know, there, there's nothing going on in basketball other than this. And people were going to make a big deal of it anyways. You know, like... I hear that. But, like, let the other people make a big deal. Don't be the one to make a big deal. I mean, it wasn't him. It was his publicist. He was involved in it. I, I still will have issues. I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. Listen, let me let's be clear. I'm not saying he's a bad person. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he has an immense amount of skill. I just don't like what he like. I don't like. I one, I don't like the way that he plays the game, and two, I really don't like that. All right, I'll, I'd be interested to hear why you don't like the way he plays the game. But I will also say, like, it's silly to. Um, you know, hold a grudge against a guy for one PR decision that was made seven years ago. I mean, like, in terms of, like, the body of work and the career that this guy has, you're going to be like, you know, seven years ago, you did that PR thing that really stunk, and I didn't like it, so, hate you. Like, yeah. Really? Like you're gonna you're gonna like never forgive someone for years because of because of like 
a one-hour TV special uh, listen, where the I'm proceeds on, mostly went to charity, and I'm still working on me. But I'm I'm saying from my perspective, I still have still not very happy about that. And then I think from from the way he plays the game, which I think is really the the core of it for me, is I think he is very much a. Um, I think he he tends to be very showboaty. I feel like he tends to make a big deal out of, out of like missed calls. Like a t- like a, like even even worse in my opinion than Draymond Green at times. Draymond Green is pretty bad. Like he may be the worst actually. He may be worse than LeBron is, but they're they're close in my mind in terms of what goes on. And I feel like LeBron, especially like this season and seasons past, like before the playoffs, just was not jiving with his team and was too vocal about it. And that that kind of upset me. Like you play for the co- like, you play for the coach. I truly respect. Who's the Spurs coach? Greg Popovich. Popovich. Think he's a phenomenal coach. Think think he gets Tim Duncan and players like that in line, and they play well. I think you can't. I think if you put James with Popovich, I don't think. I think eventually James would snap on Popovich. Well, I mean, so there's and I, there's a certain amount of I management think, to it, and and you do need your best player to stand up and lead the team. Like there's plenty of teams where you see the best player on the team, like, take a back seat and not necessarily uh, be forceful and not stand up and not be a leader. And you see that team, like, not, like, like fail when it comes down to it. Um, you know, any Greg Popovich-led team, like, Pop is the, the dominant personality in there. Um, but, you you know, you see the, the other guys step up to, uh, you know, you see Tim Duncan making words and also like Tim Duncan is kind of like the classic like good guy of the NBA yeah the guy pulled so many faces when he didn't get calls he was like all the time like he was he I think com- every he player compla- does it. every player complains about missed calls and like to be honest like LeBron James is immensely talented plays yes. the game of basketball super super well yes if you know, like, someone posited this question. Like, LeBron James played, like, 41, 42 minutes. I don't know, he played you know, even a little longer uh, a game during the, the finals. And the Cavs won when he was on the floor. Yes. Like, they had, you know, they scored more points than the Warriors when LeBron was on the floor. Just period. But that's my point. Like, he's, so if he's, he's they, top they, heavy on that team. Like, he can, like, you can... It's my same issue with like so LeBron is way better than Allen Iverson, right? But you don't think so? I mean, it's not even a thing. Like there's they're no, in, they're in like different, entirely different tiers of the game of basketball. But my point is, AI was was still a very very good player. Uh, debatable. And when he and when he was in his prime, I think he was among the best in the league when he was playing. But he my, was among the best scorers in the league. But my problem with him is that he, it, with uh, Allen Iverson, was that he could not figure out how to transition the skills that he had to make the others around him better. But LeBron doesn't have that problem at all. I think he does. I think he can. I, I don't think he's good at that. I think he's got some superstars around him, but I don't think he's really great at educating the people around him. So that's totally false. There's no. There's no question that LeBron James makes his teammates better. And that's that whole point. Like, his team beat the Warriors when he was on the floor, and when he sat down, the Warriors were better. Like, this, there's no clearer indication that he makes that team better. 
But does he make that team better by controlling the game, or does he make the team better by teaching them how to be self-sufficient? And this is the thing that, for me... You just just mentioned coaching. He is not the coach of that team. It is not his job to teach the other team to be... the other players on the team to be self-sufficient. I look at... Like... can I, from those words, can I ask to you, teach them to be self-sufficient, that does not make sense. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Who do you think is the best player? Who do you think is the best player on the Warriors? Who do I think is the best player on the Warriors? Yeah. Uh, probably Kevin Durant. Why? Just in terms of pure physical skills. I mean, like, it's so, really close with him and Stephen Curry. So for me, I think it is, I find it, I find it Stephen Curry. Like, I think Stephen Curry is the better player, and I think it's very clear to me because Kevin Durant scored more points. There's no question. And he deserved the MVP for the finals because he did it. And he's but, also a better defender. Uh, he is a better... I think he's a better defender in general. I think he has size and advantage over Curry. So he's a better scorer and a better defender. Yes. But here's where, here's where I think things are different. I think when Durant got injured... Curry came back and started making, like, the first couple games he had a rough time, but when he needed to step up and help his team, he stepped up and helped his team. When he needed to take a backseat and let Durant take over and Durant was involved, he could let Durant do it. He is, the, in my mind, the prototypical player who can lead the team. Like, Durant may be the best scorer, but for my money, I look up to Curry more. Well, I mean, like, you're talking about comparing a point guard to, you know, a scoring forward. Or a scoring guard. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, like, yeah, your point guard's always going to be the guy that gets people involved. Like, that's his position on the floor. And and Steph Curry is an immensely talented basketball player. And, like, you know, one of the top five players probably in the world at the moment. So there's no, there's no question about that. I think Kevin Durant is more talented, more physically gifted... Um, and, uh, you know, is able to play better defense. He's, he's just a, a crazy, crazy good basketball player and has been for years. There's been no question about that. Um, you know, your comparison to the two means that you're valuing, uh, you know, you're basically valuing the quarterbacking style position more than you are valuing the other, the scoring. Um, I think, there's no question that those two figured out how to work together, and part of what that was was Stephen Curry taking a half step back and not being the number one scorer on the team. Yeah. And there's, there's, Could, you know, you can't take away from Kevin Durant because Steph Curry did that. You think that is LeBron James the best player in the league? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. What do you think is going to happen when LeBron James stops? Maybe be the best player in the league. Uh, in what sense? I mean, I think it's absolutely incredible that for 14 years he's been as good as he has. He is an absolutely astounding physical specimen and an incredibly intelligent basketball player. It's it's his he's he's awesome. It's and uh, he's been so non-injury prone as well. He's he seems. To be, you know, in a league full of giant men, he is the giantest and manliest, you know? like I don't know how to get through the end of this, because from my perspective, like, it seems like you really value LeBron James, and I really value everything that is Stephen Curry. And I kind of see them as opposing forces, to, so, to, speak, to, to speak, basically because, one, they do play against each other in the finals, and two, I think Steph Curry is can be much more of a 
team guy and and like more like Curry has his moments where he's up up and out front, but LeBron is always up and out front, and Curry is more of like I'm in the background and I'm going to do the the things. Uh, I don't think LeBron's been as much up front as you think. Uh, you know, he's ste- taken a step back and let uh, Kyrie Irving do a lot of uh, a lot of the hard mileage in the on that team. But you know, it, what it sounds like to me is that you're essentially valuing the team play and balance of the Warriors over the uh, you know LeBron driven Cavs team. Superstarness. And, you know, the thing is, the the Warriors have a bunch of, like, really super, super high-end players. Like, people are kind of calling them a super team and be like, oh, man, it's, like, stupid. Like, now, you know, the the Cavs need to go out and find another all-star, and then we'll just still take more stars away from the other team, so this league is going to become more unbalanced because hey, we've had the same, three, same two teams in the finals the last three years. You know, like, to me, what I look at is just, like, LeBron James is that incredible that you put him on any team and it's essentially LeBron driven. And he can get them to the finals. And he can get them to the finals because he is that amazing of a basketball player. And it doesn't make other basketball players less amazing, but you just can't take away from him. And it's, it's not that you can't love Steph Curry. And you can't think that he has had some, like, an incredible run of three seasons and more in Oakland. He has. I just He's, also feel like the comeback from him. Like, he, there were a lot of questions about his ankle strength and, and all those things back in the day. The question was whether or not they were going to keep him. And then to see him blossom into this player and then kind of fully live the team aspect of it. Like, there's something that I truly idolize about that. And maybe I don't maybe – I, maybe I'm somewhat jealous of LeBron for being as good as he is. But, like, I really just, I don't respect the God-given talent. I respect the work ethic. And I'm not saying LeBron doesn't work, because he does. He clearly works. I just appreciate the guy who has to work harder. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, there's certainly, there's an appeal to rooting for the underdog in that sense. And Steph Curry definitely hits that point where it's like, oh, like, you know, like, no colleges recruited him and no one believed in him. And then he got drafted. He got drafted. No, he didn't get drafted low because he had an amazing season at Davidson. I have no idea. Sounds like it. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, people didn't really believe that he was an NBA talent coming up, whereas everyone knew when LeBron was 14 that he was going to be a star in the NBA. So it's, like, completely different backgrounds to come into the league, but LeBron has lived up to this more than anyone else who's come into the league, um, I think, even compared to Kobe. Um, and to you can, you can sort of, like, want to root for the underdog and be, like, turned off by the fact that LeBron James has been, like, foreordained to be the king forever and ever. Um, but, I mean, it's hard. It's... It takes you have to turn you have to work really hard to turn a blind eye to the fact that he is just an unbelievable, unbelievable physical specimen and an unbelievable basketball player, and he works really, really damn hard, and uh, you know he he cares about the game too. So like, I still think he's the best player in the world. I think, uh, and you're still a fan. Not many people. I hated LeBron James for a while because uh, you know. I uh, I just wanted some teams that I was rooting for to beat him, um, and it's and it's you know it's one of those things like you kind of like 
I've always liked rooting for the underdog. I never liked rooting for the home team. Even growing up as a kid, we'd go to like the local AAA baseball field, and I'd root for whoever the visitor was. That explains a lot about you personally. Yeah, it probably does. But, uh, you know, I, I think that to not recognize how incredible LeBron James is is, uh, is just foolish and short-sighted. I don't mean to not recognize him, because I don't think that that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying I don't like him. Not that I don't recognize well, that he's like, a good player. Like, not like him, like... There's so little to not like about him. You can want to root against him, and you can want to, I guess, see him lose. But I think on a personal level, it's really hard not to like him. Like, he's he's a fairly likable dude overall. I heard he was in a movie that I have to see, and then that may change my position. Maybe. Um, he, uh, like I, on the podcast I listened to, I heard a snippet of, uh, I think, uh, he and Kevin Durant recorded a rap song together in the off season. <laughs> Playing around. You think KD's coming back to the Warriors? Uh, I don't know. I would assume so. I imagine winning a title makes you really want to come back and try to do it again. Okay. Especially when you've got good guys uh, is he not did they not sign him for a while I thought they signed him for a one year deal I thought it was a one year deal oh I have no idea I haven't been paying attention to like contract transactions I know that Clay Thompson is maybe going to be a free agent or a limited free agent he's great on defense yeah I mean I also love him by the way I like his work ethic I like his I, again you, there's a common theme for me I understand man I also like, like shooting guards I, I, I went to Villanova we're a guard team like, I like shooting guards. Like, that tends to be where I like to be. That It all fits together now. I like shooting guards. Fair enough. I mean, there's a lot to admire in the Warriors team and the way they play basketball and the way they organize their team. I also really like Steve Kerr for some reason. Why not? Steve Kerr's awesome. He was awesome when he was playing and just doing that, like, shooting shooting role and... Yeah, uh, he was awesome as a broadcaster, and he's been fantastic. I don't know if I, so I, don't know if I follow this. So I, to be fair, I don't. I've not been an NBA fan for long. Yeah, I. It's really only more recently as some of the Villanova guys have made it into the league that I start to pay a little bit more attention. Yeah, and so same now, thing happened to me. That's how I started following NBA. Guys from Rhode Island in the league. Do you do you do your undergrad as a roadie? Yeah. Okay, go Rams. All right, let's uh, let's end this thing so I can go get a cheesesteak because now I'm hungry. All right. Uh, I think I'm still around. I think I'm around 215 right now. All right. The South Beta Podcast. Oh, uh, I don't know the math anymore. 394 pounds of rock climbing power. Is that right? I don't know how much you weigh. Less than 200. <laughs> yeah, but you got to be much less than 200 for us to be. You have to be at least less than one. 85 for us to be less than 400. I'm, uh, I'm, at, I'm at 180, maybe 179. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's right. been hot. I've been sweating. You're right where you need to be. That's a good number. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for putting up with us. If you're still listening to us at this point, um, talk to me. I will find a way to make you a custom sticker. Uh, I doubt anybody is listening to this, but I will make you at least 10 custom stickers from Sticker Mule. I don't, I don't think you can say that because some people are just going to like, ah, I got to drive. Let me put on the South Beta podcast. And then they're like, Okay, don't want to get in trouble for looking at their phone to turn it off. <laughs> I will say you will get a free custom sticker. The first I will do the, at least I will do ten of these. If ten people come up to me <laughs> and 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 tell me that they listen to this part of this podcast after this long a period of time, I will get you. I will design you a custom sticker. I'm not saying it's going to be great, but I will design you, you need a custom at least sticker. Ten. I'll do ten. All right.
We out.